0: Bring in show music,
1: please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The West sends tanks to Ukraine. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, weighs in.
2: The only way to end this is by providing them the things they need to convince Putin he's got to stop this.
1: Pompeo on his new political memoir and the stark battle lines in Europe.
2: The Germans, for a long time, thought can have economic relationships with Vladimir Putin and he won't touch us, and the truth is that was just a fundamental misunderstanding of their own security.
1: And Tesla CEO Elon Musk on the witness stand, the funding secured remark that got him there and what we're learning in the courthouse. Axios' is Dan Primat.
0: If you're betting on Elon and that's the reason you're a Tesla shareholder, I'd be surprised you're still a Tesla shareholder.
1: Plus, Microsoft's dismal guidance. Murdoch calling off a family reunion.
3: Rupert is a physical specimen. You see that picture? I'm cavorting on the beach.
1: And Joe and Becky staying healthy.
3: It's like a winter phlegm. It's almost permanent, (laughs) isn't it for me?
1: I feel like it's more of a waking up at 345
3: thing. You sleep in.
1: It's Wednesday, January 25th. Squawk Pod begins right now.
3: Stand Becky by in three.
1: Good morning, everybody, and
4: welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the Nasdaq market. It's contagious around here. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. Let's take a look at the U.S. equity futures. And if you're long this market, you're not going to like what you see this morning. The pressure on the markets due in large part to what we heard from Microsoft yesterday. Those quarter results managed to beat expectations, but it is all about the guidance, and that's what took the stock down after it initially surged. Our Steve Kovacs is going to be joining us shortly. Actually, he's here. We're going (laughs) to let him talk shortly. See, take a picture. He's here right now. Steve's here. He's going to be joining us to break down Microsoft's report. He's going to talk in just a few minutes.
3: I think we're going back and forth again between uh, inflation and, uh, recession. and recession. Our piece in the journal today about temporary workers are getting rid of them faster than you can shake a stick, which a lot of people say in the past has been uh, one of the precursors to maybe some weakness in, in the jobs market because they're easy. It's easy to, to do. It doesn't take all uh, they, is they, were,
4: they were workers that were brought in to, to deal with the surge. The, the different band.
3: things the and it's
4: gone, and that's the first thing that, that goes.
3: Is it, it's a like a winter phlegm. I, it's almost permanent, isn't it? For me, it's
4: a Davos phlegm. For is me. it from
3: Davos? For me, it's just you know. I even wondered about you know. I don't have long COVID, but I, I I do feel a little bit like it's I don't know like it's sort of here to stay a winter sort of. You okay. no?
4: I, I I feel like it's more of a waking up at 3:45 thing that's here to stay. You get
3: to sleep, you sleep in 15 minutes yeah. more, more than I do. you get up to 3.30? Day. I got a lot to do in the morning. A lot, Never lot mind. Of,
4: I, I know what you do in the morning, moving
3: on. takes a, you know, <laughs> you'll see. Tesla also says it's gonna invest more than 3.6 billion dollars funding secured, no he didn't say that, uh, to expand its Nevada <laughs> Gigafactory. That's
4: uh, what he's court for right now. I
3: know, Gigafactory complex with two new facilities, one will be devoted to mass production of its long delayed <laughs> semi electric truck, one of those big ones, and the other for its new 4680 battery cell, uh, producing enough batteries for 2 million light uh, duty vehicles per year. Tesla says the new factories will employ about 3,000 uh, people, and the stock has been on quite a run since the start of the year. It's up more than 30% uh, in the last month.
4: You know, he he has been busy. He's been deposed in several different lawsuits. But I think the one that he's going back and forth with right now that's in court is about that funding secured yeah, uh, did,
3: uh, I saw headlines the other day that I think he knew maybe that the funding was not secured uh, at the time.
4: No, he, he admitted in court, the, the opposing counsel got him to admit in court that, uh, no, he did not have 420 worked out with them. However, his side was able to push the point that, yeah, look... Just because you say a deal might be coming doesn't mean that it's necessarily coming. And when you say these things, he, they,
3: they each got off. Some also, uh, uh, funding secured in with Elon Musk with what he's worth, he could secure a lot of funding. Well, that was his point—that he wouldn't yeah. come up
4: with the funds for it. If he
3: yeah, did. I uh, think. Uh, I'd take a check he, I,
4: I feel like he's been quieter on, on Twitter lately. Like yeah. He has not been quite as loud. I think it's probably because of the stuff that he's been saying has gotten him in so much trouble that he's you know he's busy being deposed, he's busy getting dragged into court. I would stop saying some of those things, too, just because yeah. it's a distraction. And one thing he probably values over all else is his time. And it's stuff that, you know, they, they, they have a hold on his time when they do this. It's got to be a miserable sort of situation. In the meantime, Rupert Mur- Murdoch says... Let's call the whole thing off. The media mogul officially pulling the plug on his proposal to recombine Fox Corp and News Corp. In a letter to Fox's board, Murdoch and his son Lachlan, who is Fox's CEO, said that they had determined that a combination is not optimal for shareholders of either of the companies at this time. While Murdoch, through his family trust, effectively has control over both companies, a merger would have required a majority of non murdoch affiliated shareholders, with several major ones expressing some concerns about this deal.
3: Rupert is a physical specimen. I mean, he's I think ninety-three. I saw him. Cavorting. You see that picture? I'm cavorting on the beach last week with his new. Um,
4: you mentioned that to me. I did
3: not. Girl see pal, who's uh, he has a new girlfriend. He does. She's 25 years younger than, than him, but she's still she's almost solo 70. She's still so, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But, uh, you know, getting it done. I have a couple of idols, Steve. You don't probably know. Shatner, probably number That's one. That's what I was going to mention. He blocked Sh- me on Twitter.
5: William Shatner blocked me on Twitter.
4: He, what did you do? What did you
5: do? I, don't, I said something snarky to him, probably. Why? Oh, I don't know. But, but the Shatner the, the he, Shatner, You, you, the you, shat you, has you re-snarked, because he's a, he's a snarky yeah. guy. But, uh, as, a, as a huge nerd, that was a hit. That, was, that hurt. Yeah, that hurt me. Yeah, I'll bet it did. Because <laughs> yeah. I, Because um, it's Captain Kirk. Yeah.
4: And Take
3: but, it back. Uh, He's still I, like. I. I don't even remember what I. This was like eight years ago. I don't even remember what I said to him. I, mean, I think right now he he if he's not like doing a commercial for for something and doing it well still he's he's pretty. I mean yeah he's ninety two. He, he might space. He might be. Yeah, and he ziplines. He's got to cross a river in the Amazing Race. Yeah. So uh, zip lining might be the quickest way for him to get there. But more details uh, emerging on the activist pressure. Clint Eastwood, yeah. uh, another uh, surrounding uh, Salesforce. a person with direct knowledge of the matter tells the Financial Times uh, that the company's new investors, including Elliott Management, Starboard Capital, and former Value Act CEO Jeff Ubin have made it clear that a sale of either Slack or Tableau should be explored, uh, adding the company overpaid for both businesses. The FT also uh, reporting that CEO Mark Benioff should expect uh Elliot to seek a board seat should he uh, disregard its demands.
4: Do what I say or we're coming after you with the universal proxy.
3: That's that's implied, I think there. I need to find out more about this Fox thing. What what what, what you know do, do you what, can you look into propose The proposed merger? Yeah, well, I I thought I, I thought there's no way. I thought he really wanted to do that and it was going to no. happen. Maybe but
4: if they, they, he, he can't just do it himself. I know. He
3: needs well, the the, so both, both, I just wonder what it means. It says for now. Do you think they were? Well, maybe well, after I the added, Dominion actually, lawsuit, I, maybe? I, I, I don't know. For, I don't know. That's what yeah, I was I wondering. added
4: for now. That was
3: Because he was wrong. deposed, supposedly. They all oh, were. Oh, you added for now. <laughs> I did. You did?
4: I ad-libbed that. Because that's what it feels like to me.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. it, nothing is permanent. You, you know, Put companies together, take Break them apart, off. put them back together. Because uh, the investment bankers are all like, let's see. We need yeah, some in a slow month.
4: All right, let's get to the stock of the morning. That is Microsoft, which is setting the tone for today's action. Our CNBC technology reporter, Steve Kovac, as we mentioned. Hey, I'm here. He's here.
3: <laughs> um, well, you're part of the <laughs> show yeah, all right of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, basically. You don't even have to I'll talk about Microsoft. for the next yeah, three hours. You don't even that? have to right, talk about right, Microsoft. Yeah. Right,
5: no. no, we should talk about Microsoft. Because, look, the stock did turn around after hours last it was up over four percent and now it's not about two so look they beat most expectations in the second quarter report and this was just days after announcing it would lay off there's 10,000 workers We heard that last week of course now the company reporting an eps beat of two dollars and 32 cents a share versus the two dollars and 29 expected revenue was a slight miss though fifty two point seven five billion dollars versus the fifty two point nine four billion dollars expected that's just two percent sales growth guys year over year the slowest rate since 2017. Azure cloud growth that's the key metric for investors did slightly beat expectations though at 31 percent that's what initially set the stock up but that's dramatically lower guys than the 46 percent growth from the year ago quarter and it used to be 50 percent quarter over quarter too. Microsoft says Azure will slow even more though in the current quarter right now, down three to four points on that constant currency basis. And the strong dollar is still going to be a problem. Microsoft saying it'll hurt revenue growth by three percentage points this quarter. Microsoft's also giving a fresh read into the consumer demand, this one's important, which imploded across its portfolio. Revenue for more personal computing segment fell 19% to $14.2 billion. Now that includes segments like Xbox, down 12% and Windows down a whopping 39%. PC sales are just going off a cliff.
3: Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today. On the call with me are Satya Nadella, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer, Amy Hood. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Satya.
4: This is an important time for
5: Microsoft to work with our customers, helping them realize more value from their tech spend and building long-term loyalty and share position while internally aligning our own cost structure with our revenue growth. Still, Nadella said usage is strong in those categories with Windows usage up 10% per uh, for PCs and gaming hitting 120 million monthly active users. That's a new record, guys. So really just showing off the usage Versus the revenue being made from it. But this is just a
4: situation where this was a pandemic stock. Companies were having people work from home, people needed more computing power. Those sales got pulled forward maybe a year or two, and now you got to get back to more normalization. And to
5: that point, Nadella said on the call, we're back to pre pandemic levels. He just definitively said that the PC market was kind of slagging before the pandemic anyway. We saw that huge run-up, and now look, down f- almost 40%. That's that's very significant, and it affects a lot of other consumer hardware companies, too. we got Apple reporting next week, the Dells, the HPs of the world, and even on the uh, companies like Qualcomm and the chip companies as well, AMD. Very good. Is this it? Is this it? Are we done? Party is such- We
4: kind of like having you here. It's, I, uh, fun.
5: I love being here. Yeah, You've you got stuff, you, gotta, you got gotta yeah, things you got to... We could keep talking tech. Let's
4: you see. know what I told him this morning?
5: What? not to
3: wear glasses.
4: Look at how nice his eyes are.
3: I got the baby blues like you, Joe. Can I?
4: You're gonna get, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying
3: You this. are, and I, I'm just not sure I could appreciate it the same way as, uh, as oh, but it's, I. I'm scared but of contacts. I, I wait you. a minute, I didn't realize they were like that. Oh my God, I yeah. do, these are. Uh, we're, we're locking eyes now,
5: I like this. God almighty. Um,
4: Seriously, take off the glasses, let's it,
5: But then I can't see. So now we, now we all have baby blues going, this is great.
4: Yeah. <laughs> No, but, okay. but, I, but I get it. I used to be afraid of context too.
5: I'm afraid of eye drops, Becky. They have I was to, too. They have to I was numb too. my eyes at the optometrist okay, like know, they do for this six is year how olds. You, do it. you
4: have to look up and don't look at your finger touching your eye and then you're okay. Oh you can't God. look at it coming Oh, oh I need you someone don't, to it
3: down and then <laughs> do that weird context, but yeah, I I just Oh, stop. Oh, that's, that's yeah.
4: Oh, no, don't please do that don't. When you're nasty.
3: Much more uh Okay, let's go. Continua said let's let's move along.
1: Let's go. See, get that. He doesn't like I here. talk. He this does not like
3: I talk. How about me talk? Cheese will be next.
1: Coming up, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo reflecting on his time as America's top diplomat and what he sees as the biggest risks to the USA.
2: We've messed up the relationship with China for 40 years. We thought more engagement would lead to a better set of relationships. It turns out it led to the largest spying operation against the United States, I believe, ever in history.
1: Squawk Pod is back right after this. this is squawk pod
0: stand by joe his mic cue good
3: morning and welcome back to squawk box here on cnbc live from the nasdaq market site in times square i'm joe kernan along with becky quick andrew uh, is off today we have a rotating list of people that have been in that chair uh, so far another uh, really good one coming up in a second we had steve kovac at six remember when we were freezing uh, our noses off what do we say our uh, freezing our our fingers off
1: Your was
4: fine we had some re-
3: we had heaters it, 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 was, it was even that uh, was fine. it was hot it was even on fire it was so hot over there with the, those heaters they don't know where to put them <laughs> there are reports multiple reports this morning that the US could soon announce that it will send uh, battle tanks to Ukraine it's part of a strategy to get Germany to agree to send tanks of its own could be a pivotal moment in the war former secretary of state mike pompeo is familiar with global strategic negotiations. He writes about uh, his experience in the Trump White House and his work with China, the Middle East and Russia, in his new book, "Never Give an Inch: Fighting for the America." Uh, I love I've, uh, Mr. Secretary, it's good to see you. Thanks Great for joining us. I read Great to be with you. I read that some, some books like this are kind of boring. The, the word that this
2: person used was savage. For what's in your book? Better. Did you read that? I yeah, I saw the headline. I, I don't know that it's savage, but it's truthful. I, I tried to share with the American people our stories from four years, how we thought about the world. It's a pretty mean, nasty place. Well, and America's place in it.
3: We're going to talk about. And you know about tanks too. Did you have any experience with tanks? I
2: was in an M1 battle tank, patrolling the East German border for the three Cold years. War. When you're 22, that's as good as it gets <laughs> in, in, in the tank. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'd. Yeah,
3: a lot of fun. Feel, you feel. You don't
2: feel. I guess invincible, but as close as you can no, be. I, I talk you. about this and, and never give it an inch. The smell of the cordite in the turret after you fire around? nothing but quite nothing, not, in the you turret, said. the tank okay. turret. <laughs> right. There's nothing. There's nothing quite like it. Wait,
4: that sounds a little bit like uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It does. Um,
2: <laughs> not my intention, but there you go. <laughs> so,
3: the secretary and it's—it's uh, it's obviously this is sensationalist, but Doomsday Clock. 90 seconds from from midnight uh, midnight. I'm just using this to illustrate that we are in dangerous times. We always uh, The world is a dangerous place, but
2: it seems even more so now with with Putin and this war That's unimaginable, right? We have a major land war in Europe Uh, I'm, I'm glad the Biden administration has provided the tools the Ukrainians need uh, what just breaks my heart is that they weren't able to deter Vladimir Putin from doing what he's doing, and they've been slow and light. So I'm, I'm glad they're going to provide these M1 tanks, that the Germans are going to provide the leopards. I think that's the right thing. The only way to end this is by providing them the things they need to convince Putin he's got to stop this. Why are Although they There are disaster. a lot of people who
4: will say that the Trump administration did much more to encourage Putin, Trump himself.
2: Well, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, he took a fifth of Ukraine under President Obama. He didn't take an inch of Ukraine during my four years as Secretary of State, and within months of our departure, he went back into Europe. I can't, I can't prove it wouldn't have happened if we were still there, but, but here's my best evidence: it didn't happen. He, he Putin, respected us, right? He, he understood, right? We took out Qasem Soleimani. We, we, we literally we pushed back on Chairman Kim. The, the Taliban didn't take over Kabul on our watch, right? These are things that were just different, and you can argue about all the noise and all the craziness in the end look at and what I write about and never give it an bench is never give an inch is look at the outcomes we got for the American people I think they were unquestionably safer and created more economic opportunity for the American people yeah. than we're seeing Did today. the
4: noise drive you nuts though like
2: uh, it, the- it's, a, it's tough uh, there's noise after my book too they're saying all kinds of nasty stuff but yep. the truth is just put your helmet on get back out there <laughs> the,
3: uh, this saga with with the tanks in in Germany does highlight how important the US has been Germany has been there, to some extent, but not to the extent that we have. Do you understand the reticence on on the tank issue? Why why are uh, the, the Leopard tanks uh, thought to be yeah. a, a better fit for for what they need? I, I
2: I think it's a better fit for a couple of reasons: training issues, complexity issues, the capacity to actually take the equipment from uh, hopping off the railhead where they arrive to actually being prepared to deliver their lethality in the field. I think that's it. Look, we, we battled with the Europeans too. We were accused of wanting to pull out of NATO. And never give it inch. I, I talk about that. We were trying to tell them if you depend on Russian gas for your energy, bad things will happen. And is that own, why they're they're still hesitant now at this uh, point? Yeah, look, there's a long history with Germany, right? You think it's a former German chancellor who was in charge of the, one of the largest German gas companies. I mean, there, there's a long economic connectivity. Here we are on Squawk Box, right? This is often about economics and money. And I think the Germans for a long time thought, no, we can have it always. We can have economic relationships with Vladimir Putin. And he won't touch us. And the truth is, that was just a fundamental misunderstanding of their own security. Well, we'll, well, you know, with Germany, it's it's going to get tougher for us to lead, perhaps,
3: with some of the rhetoric from from uh, the new Republican-controlled yeah. House. We've already heard about it, and, and so Europe can't necessarily count on this, but they don't seem to be willing to step up to the extent that or Germany, at least, that, that yeah. they should. And is that all related back to to the what? Putin, the sword of Damocles over their
2: head uh, with er- with energy is that related? It's to- deeply deeply connected to that, Joe, for sure. Uh, look, there are voices inside of my party that think that we shouldn't be doing anything that there aren't American interests there. I just simply disagree with that. I think there are deep American interests. When folks say we shouldn't give money to Ukraine, it's like this is this is for us. We we put America first in our four years. This is one of the critiques of my book is that oh my gosh, you were always just thinking about America. Uh, I, I think it is deeply in America's interest, our economic interest, our diplomatic interest uh, and our security interest to help the Ukrainians they they haven't asked for the 82nd airborne they they just want us to have lucky and rate the them stuff yeah yeah we
3: have a ticker at the bottom but we talk about moral relativism in the world again and again and again and one of the things you talked about noise from your book you called Khashoggi an activist and almost seemed to uh not minimize his murder but almost give the the Saudis some cover cuz it's what they do and I'm I'm wondering do we give the same cover to China with Uyghurs? Do we where yeah. do we draw, how do we navigate through yeah. through what we think is is morally correct, and we we sort of dispense it differently
2: depending on our own self-interest? Yeah, no, that's what we should do. My goodness. The, my job, when I raised my right hand as a Secretary of State, it was to defend America, our constitution, our our way of life. And so, you know, Jinkerpatrick wrote about this decades ago, right? Dictators and diplomacy. Uh, no one makes light of the fact that Jamal Khashoggi was murdered. I certainly didn't. We didn't. I sanctioned 13 Saudis myself. I signed the documents to sanction them. But you can't make them a pariah nation. And you can see that, right? President Biden comes in and he says, this is a surprise. that he ends up going on his knees to beg them for energy. Um, we had a deep security relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That matters an awful lot. It matters to the American people. And we were un- un- unabashed in not apologizing for our country doesn't mean you have to forgive it doesn't mean you have to condone you certainly don't approve of heinous murder of a human being But make no mistake about the washington post who went after me viciously yesterday for this the washington post didn't say the same thing when they captured americans they didn't run full-page ads they didn't go after the same thing when thirteen americans were killed in afghanistan this this is a complicated world one needs to be thoughtful about how they do it and if there's trouble today in the middle east the saudis will be with us the iranians will be against us And the Chinese and Russians will be on the side of the Iranians. And you should never forget that you have to do the right thing for our country. What does
4: that mean in terms of how we deal with China?
2: Yeah, that's the Uh, next question. We've we've messed up the relationship with China for 40 years. Uh, We thought more engagement would lead to a better set of relationships. It turns out it just led to them stealing hundreds of thousands of our jobs, building the product there, and then dumping it back into our country. It it led to uh, the largest spying operation against the United States, I believe, ever in history run out of the Chinese consulate in Houston, Texas. And, and never give an inch, I talk about the fact that we knew this and we did nothing about it until I became Secretary of State. And I said, that's nuts. They were stealing, uh, the, to, your, to your viewers, they were stealing secrets from the American energy industry, the American technology and medical industry in that, the healthcare corridor there in Texas, from their diplomatic facility in Houston, Texas. How dumb the largest, could America be? You call it the largest spy operation in you, history. Yeah. Everybody's watched the Americans, we've watched all the Russian stuff, good movies, good theater the espionage operation being conducted by chinese diplomats from that consulate was of a scale america has not seen before so th- with our relationship
3: with china it, it i mean it, in the old days we'd say it was a frenemy i guess relationship we've been in right. terms of trade do we now uh, try to disengage or decouple because of of their designs on leading i guess being the number one uh, <laughs> empire in the world in five years or or do we, is it it's not the uyghurs we don't do things because we don't like what's what's happening human rights wise we do it because of our own self-interest
2: and what they have designs on in the next Look, five uh, years uh, you know you you mentioned your human rights a couple times uh, i'm the one that declared the uyghurs was it was genocide against a a, a set of muslims inside of that country as a Christian evangelical, I'm for religious freedom everywhere and always. America's relationship with China should depend on the behavior of the Chinese Communist Party. And today, they're trying to destroy our way of life. They want our kids and grandkids to live in a country that is Marxist, Leninist, their ideology, and with a renminbi as the core currency. And we, we can't let that happen. And so that means uh, lots of things we have to do that are fundamentally different. The, the full throttle, engage... Uh, build more commerce, help them build factories in China it just doesn't work for the American people. And we've got to create an idea of reciprocity in the relationship with them. And when we do, we'll push back. They've got lots of economic problems, lots of demographic challenges. I'm confident we'll prevail. But they've been in economic war with the United States for 40 years. For 40 years. And we just turn the other cheek, Joe. If you're
3: a multinational company that, that we cover all the time here, how,
2: what is your approach to China at this point? Uh, less. Less. Less.
4: Less relationship with, less Less, business with?
2: uh, Yes, less relationship, less political risk. We we know the big companies had to take write-offs in Russia because of what happened in Russia. That pales in terms of the American investment sitting on the ground inside of China today. And the political risk is greater. So you would tell
4: U.S. companies they better start pulling out of China and... And, and I, I, I would,
2: and, and Becky, you should know they're doing it already. They, 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 they can they're see diverse, it. They, they're diversifying They're diversifying the and, and, and that's the answer. I, by the way, I don't fault some of them. You know, America's big, we're here in New York City, America's biggest financial institutions have massive operations inside of that country. I don't fault them for putting them, we, we encourage that. The U.S. government encouraged that for decades, but the reassessment has to take place. This is mm-hmm. fundamental reshaping of the economy of the world on a model that protects the U.S. dollar and our economy is essential. Would you
4: punish U.S. companies that do business there? Like, how would you handle that That message being sent?
2: Do you, so, on the things that really matter, where places you can't ever give an inch, I talk about this in the book, think about semis, think about AI, think about our technology, think about the fact they're in our universities, inside the gates, those are the things you begin to fix. And when you do that, American companies will come to see it's in their best economic self-interest not to have so many eggs in the Chinese Communist are you, Party's are, basket. Are you going to get caught up in DocuGate? Are, are you surprised that? Uh, I'm very it, surprised that they were in Indiana. Yes, in
3: the Vice President's it, home. They're all different situations. We hear that, and depending right. on where you stand, uh, you, you either one's important, one's not. But what it does seem to have done is taken some of the. Maybe some of the focus off of former President Trump to the point where he's up 20 in some of these polls now on on Dessentsus is he going right. to be you might run are, are you considering it? Susan and I are praying trying to figure out what's next for us in life, yes, Joe. Does this latest uh, uh, incidents there are multiple incidents, does it? Resurrect the, the former president to some extent in his in his uh, eyes. That beca- if that was what people were looking at to to decide, he can't be the next can't I, be president. I, I don't know.
2: I don't think folks were really focused on that, trying to sort out who was going to be the next president. I, I started, you do It's too. Let's, it, I, I
3: think New Hampshire's in a year. No, but I mean,
2: it? I don't think they're looking at these documents as they. Then what as are they? they, as they as the scene a of whether he's going to be the nominee. Well, I, I'd say this. From from my perspective, the reason documents are classified is because this information ought not to be in public. That means each of us who handles classified information should do everything we can to make sure it's in the right place. If you find it in the wrong place, put it back where it goes. (laughs) Uh, Apologize. Make sure you know. Be transparent with the American people. By the way, also, uh, for leaders, take accountability. If you, there's documents that you find, say, nope, I did it, I screwed it up, I messed it up. And this, we won't uh, read about Mike Pompeo, don't,
3: ever. Don't say, is...
2: don't say, I don't have regrets. Right. Right? Now I would regret it deeply. I suppose it's possible that five years ago, when I was a House member, I put a document in the wrong place. If so, I apologize, get it right, and if we did damage to American security, I am terribly sorry. We should all be, we should all, it's not political. It's about American security. Pull no punches. So, Savage, I'm, I may have to uh to read
3: more. There's some, but I'm it, there some more. good
2: stories. There's a, a forward by my son. It's a good book. Very good. Mr. Secretary? Uh Pompeo, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. C- good, it's good, it's great you. to
3: be with you. There it is. It.
1: Next on Squawk Pod, Elon Musk testifying in his San Francisco courtroom. Dan Premack of Axios on the latest in that soap opera. Soap
0: opera, yes, but a god awful should be canceled soap opera. It's been
1: extraordinarily boring. It's part of the securities fraud case kicked off by his 2018 funding secured tweet about taking Tesla private.
3: Is there a good soap opera?
1: Days of Our Lives. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Becky Quick.
4: Elon Musk expected to be on Tesla's earnings call tonight after testifying for a third day about his controversial 2008 buyout tweet. He told the jury he thought he was doing the right thing, never had trouble raising money for his companies, and he talked in detail about his sour relationship with JP Morgan. Joining us right now is Dan Primack, who is Axios, business editor. And, and Dan, this is the stuff of soap operas. And, you know, you, you hear things that come out on the stand, you, you find out about all kinds of details that people have speculated on to this point. What did you think?
0: Uh, I thought for starters, it, soap opera, yes, but a god awful should be canceled soap opera. It, it's been extraordinarily <laughs> boring. And, and honestly, I, I'm somebody who cares about this, right? And Agnes and should be interested in listening. I find myself kind of spacing out and dozing off. I, I can't imagine what the jury is thinking. Uh, ultimately, though, this really comes down not to what Elon tweeted and even what was true, because the judges already ruled the tweet was untrue and that it was reckless. It's what was in Elon's mind, which is why the ultimate verdict here, who knows? He has to have believed it was untrue, not just that it was untrue. It had to be he had to be thinking he was essentially committing fraud.
4: Well, that's an impossibly high bar. They're never going to get over that.
0: The, obviously, the plaintiff's lawyers think they can. I, I will say he has let a couple things slip. And, and it almost feels like the plaintiff attorney's strategy is to keep asking questions over and over and you know this email and this conversation in the hopes that Elon will get tired and let something slip. And on the second day, he did at one point acknowledge that he thought his tweet would help the stock price go up. It was one little thing. He had kind of denied that for a while. But at one point he said that. My guess is the plaintiff's attorneys are going to hammer that in close
4: whoops um dan how if you're bored by this how do you think elon musk feels through going through all this
0: uh he seems bored by it on the stand although again it's unclear if his kind of strategy is to be very monotone and in the pure board I, I will say before his first day of testimony and you never know exactly when you're going to get called for one of these things there were witnesses before him like 10, 15 minutes before he took the stand, he was tweeting about things that had nothing to do with this. I think stuff about Twitter, maybe stuff about Tesla, but not about any of the trial. Um, he seems kind of annoyed by it, I, I, you know, which again goes to this question of state of mind, what his real goal was. I, I will say his explanation for why he tweeted funding secured just strikes me as odd. He, he's kind of said that there had been a leak to the Financial Times about how the Saudis had taken a stake in Tesla. And so he was concerned. There could be a new leak that he was thinking about doing a take private, and thus, well, if you're a Tesla shareholder and some of you read the FT and some of you don't, that would be, you know, undemocratic for uh, Tesla shareholders. But you know, Tesla has an IR department. At the time, it had a comms department. He could have simply asked them to, you know, put out a, a, you know, a statement to the SEC and a public statement, et cetera. He did none of that.
4: Yeah, and I would guess not all Tesla shareholders are on Twitter either. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan, how much of a distraction has this become on top of the distraction that is Twitter that he now owns as well? I, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest question for Tesla shareholders on this. If, if he is a yeah. key man and he is the most important part of that company and you're only getting part of his time and part of his brain at this point, And it's an ever shrinking part of it because he's got so many other things he's doing, including you know, getting dragged in for depositions and getting dragged in for, for court appearances like this.
0: I mean, we'll start with he doesn't seem to sleep as much as a normal person does. That that seems to be clear. He, he seems to... Although he have, has said can't. he
4: tries to sleep seven hours because he tried less and it wasn't very productive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I, I'm amazed if he can pull that off given the amount of time he seems to be doing things. I, I guess the argument would be right now, if you're a Tesla shareholder, how much of that really do you believe is Elon Musk specifically as opposed to the people who are actually there day-to-day at Tesla? I, you know, if, if, it's, if you're betting on Elon and that's the reason you're a Tesla shareholder, I'd be surprised you're still a Tesla shareholder. He clearly has, you know, very split time. You know, at, at best, he could be spending a third of his time, maybe sometimes half of his time there. And the, the bigger issue, I would think, with shareholders with this particular lawsuit is it could be a major hit to Tesla in terms of money. We have no idea what the damages could be, but they could be substantial.
4: I, I bring that up, that point of, of him being a key man, because that's something Ron Barron has told us. Ron Barron, obviously a long-term investor, a long-term fan of Elon Musk, has said The biggest weakness is he thinks uh, Elon is the key man and, and that it would not run the same without him.
0: I mean, he's not not there. You know, the, he's off the stand at this point. And as I said, I don't get the sense. And and this is really just, you know, speculation from listening to Elon's testimony and candidly kind of how he was prepared or not prepared for some of the questions. I don't get the sense that this trial, per se, has taken up an enormous amount of his mind share. I think the hmm. issues with Twitter, which which is something that he cares about, both from a reputation standpoint and certainly from a financial standpoint, I
3: would think that's a much larger issue. Dan, is there a... Uh... Is there a good soap opera? I'm trying to, you said this was like a really bad... I'm trying Days of Our Lives. Well, there's ones people want to tune into day after
0: day. I was dreading, like I was yeah. not thrilled that he didn't finish you, his You know, what I think
3: primetime, primetime soaps, I think, the daytime with the lighting is so, I don't know, it's just...
4: Yeah, Dynasty,
3: Dallas. Uh, succession, I, so I would yeah, call it soap, soap opera. opera.
0: That, counts, that counts as soap opera. My mother loved Dallas. I remember having to watch that as a kid on Friday nights. So
3: that, oh, he was, yeah, J.R. J.R. was uh, in jock. Jock, nobody gives you power, Dan. You got no. remember that. You got to take it, Bobby. Nobody gives I, you I, power. I, I don't remember the dialogue as well as you, Joe. No, you don't. Probably, I don't know if anyone does. Uh, but uh, yeah, Blake, Car- Blake Carrington. You tell me
4: all the time. Yeah,
3: <laughs> nobody gives you power, Bobby. You got I to take it.
4: Coming back from the shower, in the but
3: once hot. you, Dan, once you take the power, you know what comes with the power. Great responsibility. Uh, great responsibility. You can tell me.
4: That's Spider. Great book.
3: responsibility. No, great. so Uncle. Uh, is that Alice or something
4: else? King uh, uh, Peter's th- Uncle. Th- what's his uncle's name.
3: Um, yeah, it's uncle, uh, uncle Uncle Ben, I think, wasn't. Yeah. The only uncle. Christ. Yeah, I know. No, he's gone.
1: And that's Squawk Pod for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew will be back tomorrow. Any weekday, tune into CNBC at 6 Eastern. And speaking of following, check us out on Twitter. We're at Squawk CNBC, but take a lesson from our own Steve Kovach and be nice.
5: William Shatner blocked me on Twitter.
3: What did you what do? What did you do?
1: Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.
0: And we are clear. Thanks, guys. Thank you.